Warning, because of the extreme content in this podcast, it is not appropriate for children. It contains depictions of violence, language, and disturbing subject matter. It is recommended strictly for adult audiences. Parental guidance is suggested. My name is Joey Siaglia, and I am so excited to welcome you back for Season 5. Have you ever had a conversation with a serial killer and lived to tell about it? My brother, Tony Siaglia, a traumatic brain injury survivor, and the subject of the best-selling book, The Serial Killer Whisperer, has spoken for hundreds of hours with some of the world's worst serial killers. These conversations will bring you as close to a serial killer as you'd ever want to be. This season, Tony, along with our father and co-host, Al Siaglia, will share their complete investigation of Joseph Roy Matheny, one of the most depraved criminals that has ever dealt with. Through rare phone conversations, letters, and visits, you will hear a story so evil that even Hollywood couldn't make it up. Matheny is a serial killer that enjoys torturing his victims before he kills them. Admittedly, he loves having sex with their corpses. Joe Matheny also bragged about having a barbecue stand and adding parts of his victim's flesh to the pork sandwiches. The question with us has always been, is this bullshit or is this true? Tony and Al decided to visit the monster in prison and ask him face to face this question. Are you truly a cannibal creator? This is his story and this is Murder Phone. One of my sweet memories from the past. She laid upon the grass, screaming into the night, only to be ignored, for there was no one around to hear her pleas. Except for the sick, twisted motherfucker who had placed her there. He put his hands around her neck and then slowly started squeezing and watching life drain from her body. A wicked smile came upon his face as he heard her bowels release the waste her body contained. At that moment, he knew death had come down to take her soul away. Now all that was left was her dead carcass. He raped her one last time before her body grew stiff. Once he busted a load into her cold, dead cunt, he slowly withdrew himself from her body. Once he was out, he hesitated, watching his cum drain from her cunt trickling down the crack of her ass, dripping onto the grass under her. He stood up and straightened out his clothing. He started looking around at what he had done. It did not bother him at all, for it was not his first murder, nor would it be his last. He did as he always did, and that was to dig a small grave to put her in. Then take a bag of lime and pour it all over her so the cadaver dogs could not find her should they come looking. 
Finally, he filled the grave with the dirt that he dug out of it. Then he went and found trash and anything else he could throw on top of her grave to hide it from someone who might give a fuck. But he knew no one cared about her when she was alive. So who the fuck would care now? So here, her crack-addicted whore-ass will lay forever. Hey, you murder-phoniacs! This is your host, Tony Ciaglia, the serial killer whisperer. You know, but who really gives a fuck who I am after hearing that young lady's demise? Crack addict whore or not, nobody should go down that way. You're right. You know, that, that little story I just read was from the sick mind of serial killer Joe Matheny. I remember asking him if this was based on truth. And he said, what do you think? Of course it was, Joe. You perverted piece of shit. <laughs> well, now, everybody, you've waited a whole week for this. If you haven't, I certainly have. I'm going to introduce the man, the myth, the legend. First off, though, take it back. First off, tell me what it's like to have fans all over the fucking world from Austria to Canada, from the UK back to Israel that know you as the fucking Coxman. Some fans don't even know your real name, Dad. They just know you as the fucking Coxman. <laughs> Quite a start. Yes, certainly is. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Nice romantic letter from Joe Matheny. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm Oh. He's so bad, bad, isn't he? Fucking so bad. You know what, Tony? That introduction could be a little exaggerated. Not really. But I got to tell you something. If my mom and dad were still alive, uh, <clears throat> if my mom and dad were still alive... God bless them. They would love it. What, the fucking Coxman? They would love it. They would, they wouldn't had they? A, they had a sense of humor. And they did get to meet you, my mom and dad. You were just a little baby. <laughs> and unfortunately, my mom passed away right after she got to see you. I'm just wondering. You were about this big. Hey, did, did, did I have a big dick as a baby? 
Was it freakishly large? I am not going to even get into that. Okay. Why does it always go to dick? I don't dick, know. Dick, 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 dick. A lot of dicks. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? All right, yes. They have a yeah. sense of humor. They do. They do. And and they would have been proud of my stage name. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, they'd have been proud of you and Joe. I wish they would have gotten to meet Joey. And I wish they would have gotten to know you guys mm -hmm. because they would have loved you. Believe they, me. You think so? Oh, my God. Yes. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back, wow. I have to go back to this perverted piece of shit, Joe Matheny. <laughs> and I, to answer your question, I 100% definitely think that that story was based on truth. And you know, when we get done with this season, guys, everybody is going to agree with that. There is no question. Did he send you a present along with that story? I thought he did. <laughs> yes, he did. You know, he sent that little story on February 25th, 2007. Wow. On the outside of the envelope. Go ahead. Show it to them. On the outside of the envelope that he sent through the mail... He drew a cartoon of his little fat character self sitting on a toilet, masturbating to a hustler magazine. And there it is. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Crazy, huh? Yeah. And this is the letter. God. It's a long time ago, huh? It really is. Man. But time has just flown. I know. I know it. You know, I mean, Joey got yeah. married. His wife popped out two kids. I'm popped out. Yeah. I'm an uncle. Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. I'm a damn good. Twice. I will be an unbelievable uncle when they get old enough to oh, appreciate it. I know that. When they get old enough to appreciate it. Yes, dad. He also sent one of his prison shirts as a birthday present to moi. Here is a short part from that letter. I'd like to see you take a picture of yourself wearing this shirt. I'm pretty sure this shirt will wrap around you about three damn times. But look on the bright side. If you can't wear it, you can always use it down the road. Should you go camping and need a tent? <laughs> <laughs> Old Joe. He that, did have a good sense of humor. I'm going to try and show it, but the thing is so big. I don't remember uh, ever trying it on. Oh, yeah, you did. We took a picture. Okay. But you guys can here, see here. it. I got I'll Everybody get on YouTube can see it, and we'll post a picture of it on Buy Me a Coffee. But it's why you should check YouTube out because you get to see these things. And yes. this thing is. Huge, 525 pounds. And turn it around. This is an official prison shirt. As you can see, Department of Corrections. Corrections. And I don't know if you guys can see this, but he drew his little weird figure on here with one of his favorite sayings. 
do something good and no one notices, but sure as hell, do something wrong and no one ever forgets. And it says tiny art and he had a blood print, which I'm not going to touch, but you can see the blood and it looks yellow now because the shirt is so old, but uh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Matheny shirt. You know, it, or and, tent, and for you, you for it. you people that only listen to the podcast, you're fucking ripping yourself off. Yes, you are. Yeah, you really are. Yeah, I mean, you need to watch. It's a these. whole different ball game, right? It is. It, it is. is. Get on that YouTube. Yeah, I mean, listening to it is one thing, but fucking seeing it, yeah, then you're living it. Mm-hmm. And we will post them, right? Post. Yeah, we'll post everything. Here's a short clip of his first call to me where he mentions the shirt that you just saw. Oh, man, it's good to hear your voice. Believe it or not, this first phone call I've made in over 10 years. Is it really? That wasn't bullshit you were telling me? No, sir. No, sir, not at all. Once a month, how's that? And I will be writing letters in between. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Are you still on death row? Huh? Are you still on death row? No, no, I'm not. No, I, they they uh, overturned my sentence. I'm I'm down here. I'm down here at a Merrill House Correct. It's a maximum security place. Okay. I'm down here because I got three three life without plus sixty years. So basically, I do still guys. Man, oh man. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to die in here anyway, so. Yeah, how old are you, Joe? Yeah. Well, so. Joe. Yeah. How old are you? Huh? How old are you? 52. 52. I mean, 53 in March. March what? March 2nd. No way, man. My brother's birthday is March 1st. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Your daughter? I didn't know you had a daughter. You never say anything about that. Yeah, I have a brother and a mom and a dad. And yeah, you showed me a picture of you and your dad that one picture. You sent me? Yeah, I'm going to have to send you out some more pictures. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I got you all the pictures you sent me. I tell you, you got a beautiful home out there. Well, thank you very much. I got that picture of you with the shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you never have to wear one for real. I turned 30 on this birthday. And he told me that he was turning 53 on March 2nd. <laughs> That's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. My gosh, because my brother's birthday is March 1st. And you know, they got something in common. They both like to get pissed on. Oh. 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 For all you murder oh, phoniacs. For all you murder phoniacs, you'll get this. But for you new listeners, you've got some catching up to do. Mm -hmm. Your brother's going to kill you. I swear. Yeah. Why? You're like Adam. You're, all, you're always on your brother. Always. I love it. <laughs> Who knows? Though? I might even let his wife piss on me. If that means I could get a shot at that little body of hers. Oh, my God. You know? Anna's going to kill you. <laughs> hey. All right.
I'm going to cover part of a letter that Fat Joe sent in March of 2007, right after this birthday we're talking about. Hey, Tony, I truly believe I am the result and the final product of a drunken fuck, which took place in 1954. I would like to think life could have been so much better for me if my mother would have shown me a little bit more love. But good old dad could have done his part too from letting me waste my life and killing a whole lot of people. He could have just as easily went into the bathroom that night back in 1954 and jerked off into the toilet. And I could have just swam out to the sea and none of this shit would have happened. Yes, as I've said before, I truly believe I would make a damn good candidate to represent the poster child for condoms. <laughs> they should take me to all the local high schools and explain to all those kids out there that if they don't have safe sex, this fat-ass piece-of-shit serial killer standing here could be what your kid turns out to be. So either just cover it up and save some lives or cut it off. Ha ha. Matheny. Mm. He's got mm. a sense of humor, but mm -hmm. you know what? Blah, blah, fucking blah. <laughs> I mean, everything about this guy makes me want to throw up. Let's play one of his rare phone calls so our listeners can hear what this guy thinks of his upbringing. Now, what did your mother and father think when all this turned up? Well, my father died when I was very young. I really never knew him. Okay, okay. My mom, she, she, she raised me and my brother. And there were six of us in the family, but she raised me and him. She was never home. She worked. She worked as a waitress in the daytime at a bar made at night. Mm -hmm. She worked her ass off to support us. So you you kind of came up hard. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been. I mean, I always think about Joe. My, my, my mom and dad broke up. They came from West Virginia. They came to Baltimore during World War II, just the beginning of World War II. From, from up there, a lot of people from West Virginia did. They came down here for looking for work. Okay. That's when they opened up the, uh, they, they both worked down here. It's called Martin's Marietta. It's where they built the B-29 bombers for World War II. World War II, yeah. Yeah, they worked there. And uh, everything was going pretty good. They had, the, they had my first brothers and sisters, my older sister, Joanne, mm -hmm. Nick, and Jeannie. They were, they were, they were, born, they were born first. They grew up kind of like the Leave It to Beaver family. Oh. Like, say, you know? Yeah. Well, 15 years later, my mom and dad had three more of us. Well, they had two of us. My youngest brother was born by, by someone else. This, okay. Uh, was fathered by somebody else. David? When my mom was down, he, uh -huh. down in Baltimore, my dad went back to West Virginia. And my mom let him take me with him. Well, I was up there until I was six years old. I was, you know, little bits of pieces. I remember I was happy and everything else, you know. 
I wish she'd have left me up there with me. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but, you know, she brought me down to Baltimore. I was six years old, threw me on the streets of Baltimore. I was young, dumb, and good. <laughs> We need to discuss this. We do. We do. You're right. Yes. His mom was never home, worked hard for them, but he says he came up hard. First of all, it doesn't make any sense, does it? No. And we know that she worked hard because we heard it. When we were doing our investigation, we actually talked to one of his relatives, which we will cover later, but we talked to to that guy, remember? And he explained <clears throat> what Joe was all about yeah. and what his upbringing was. I don't think that guy liked us too much. Well, he didn't like Joe, so I don't think he liked talking about him. Yeah, yeah I don't think he really cared about us. Well, maybe he didn't. I don't know. He didn't shoot us, though, so that was good. We mm-hmm. get to walk out of there. <laughs> and then he talks about his early brothers and sisters, and he... You know, he said they were born 15 years before him, and it was kind of like they lived the Leave It to Beaver lifestyle. Now, Leave It to Beaver, for you young listeners, was a TV show back in, I guess, the late 50s, early 60s, but it was the Beave and his family. And Justin Bieber was on the show? No, not not, <laughs> not Beebs. <laughs> okay. They called him the Beave back uh-huh. then, the Beaver. But anyway, he's referring to that, and I really kind of doubt that the Matheny family ever had a leave-it-to-beaver-type family, but it wasn't like shit like he's talking about. You know what? He's just building up an excuse, right? Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been leave-it-to-beaver because then he said he had a sister and a brother, but the brother was fathered by someone else, so the mom, I mean, whatever was going on, Mm. She, she had a baby with another guy. Oh, yeah, she was, and I think, spreading her seed. He all, I also caught him lying because he was, he was with his dad. He said he was with his dad yeah. until he was six. And he could remember bits and pieces of it, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. And, and his it, dad died. His dad died when he was young. But we're not sure if this is the reason why Joe Matheny turned out the way he did. Exactly. I think I'm... And I think at one point, I can't remember for sure, he said he didn't know his dad. I think he said that. But in turn, he had written and said that he had spent six years with his father. It was wonderful up in West Virginia. And uh, he intimates big time that it's his mom's fault how he turned out because his mom just, when he was six years old, she threw him out into the bad streets of Baltimore. Yeah. You know? So he, he was, was young and dumb, he said at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't, and full of cum for dead girls. Oh. oh. But, I, you know, I just, I don't buy it. I don't uh. buy it because of all of the other things we found out about him. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it, guys. You make your own opinion, and you can investigate them and look at YouTube, and you know you'll see some of the stuff that we're talking about. You got to read the next letter, Tony. I can't do it. 
Yeah, gee. I just can't do it. Jesus, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Toss, it's your show, man. Toss me the shit, right? <laughs> I'll take the plate of shit, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. You're getting it. <clears throat> Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's titled Tears of a Child. There once was a boy. Could I? Uh, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but he's the only one. Here's the letter. Tears of a child, okay? He's the only one I know that would write a letter called Tears of a Child but draw a little demon devil at the, at the top of the sheet. This yeah. is the original letter. I'm sorry. Because he's, he's a fake. Yeah. Yeah, well. I, he's a phony. We're going to get into that, aren't we? Exactly. Hey, that was Anna. That was, no, my, was. That was my brother's wife right there on the phone. <laughs> Uh-huh. See, she's calling you to give me messages, Is right? Is she? Yeah. Oh, boy. That's how it works. Keep it in the fan. <laughs> Back to Tears of a Child. There once was a boy who wanted to be wanted by someone. No matter how hard he tried to get someone to pay attention to him, the only response you got from them was the word later. Over time, he heard that word so often that he grew tired of it because in his mind, he knew later would never come. So he started to withdraw into himself and tried to ignore all the hurt others brought upon him with their ignorance of his feelings. At first he cried a river of tears each night upon his pillow and then wiped them away and say to himself, tomorrow will be a better day. You want to say something? I'll, you, I'll uh, save it. Oh, okay. Well, you just, it. you got that I look do, on your I face. I hate to break the moment. I'll save it. Okay. Because I got my mojo run. Yes, you yes. do. And I mean, this is just, yeah, tears are coming out of my eyes. <laughs> Mental abuse and neglect of one's parents is just as damaging as physical abuse. In fact... In most cases, it's a lot worse, for the hurt one suffers from physical abuse will in time heal itself. But that hurt created by mental abuse will follow a child for the rest of their lives. When one uses the words stupid, ignorant, ugly, and useless to a child, Often enough, that child will in time start to develop a low self-esteem and become a failure before he ever starts to make a decision for himself. I just want to say something really quick. I mean, all this is really awful and terrible if it does happen to a child. Yes. Yes, and it can have lasting effects, but I just don't believe this was the case. You know, with all the research we've done on this asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do I know this information? The man that is holding this pencil and writing this letter 
was that little boy a long, long time ago. And you can see where it got him today. So the next time a child comes to you, don't push him or her away with the word later. Just give them what they need, a kind word and a hug. Hang tough, stay strong, Joe, a.k.a. Tiny. Before any of you fall for this, this caca bullshit, just remember, this guy is one of the worst human beings I have ever been face-to-face with. And I've been face-to-face with a lot of piles of dung. Yeah. Uh-huh. He is pure evil. Don't let him fake you out with his words. Remember, he is pure evil and the consummate con man. I got to continue. Yes, you do. Yeah, I'm just getting over all that. That's why I gave it to you. I couldn't have made it. I would have thrown up on the table. You know, besides being evil, he is a Satan worshiper and is not capable of having a true friend. Remember, in the end, it's all about him. It's all words. And that's why he likes to write letters instead of talking on the phone. Right? Fucking right. Yeah. And he uses that excuse he doesn't like to use the phone after the other inmates use the phone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That said, in order to continue getting an asshole like this to trust me, I have to play along. Right, Coxman? Yeah, you're right. And I was was really good at that with with all the dirtbags that I dealt with. By the way, would you say that words are his mask? Exactly. Because he didn't wear a mask. Remember, he mm. is a fat, evil fucking, he didn't care. No, and he'll let like you know. Like you said, yeah, he wore it on his sleep, you mm. said last week. I'd say the words are the mask. Exactly. The, the bullshit words. I'm glad you brought that up, yes. That said, in order to continue getting... An asshole like this to trust me, I had to play the game. Yeah. Just like I just said, I had to play the game. So here is his response to my letter about tears of a child. Hi, Tony. I got your letter. It was good to hear from you as always. I was glad you enjoyed the letter I wrote to you that dealt with a lonely little child that no one seemed to be able to find time for. You say that letter touched you and made you feel. You saw a side of me that you didn't know existed. (laughs) (laughs) That's the undercover cop part, right? Yes. Well... I can understand that you are trying to say before you read that letter, you thought about me the same as everyone else always did. That's true. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. And you still did, even after you read the phony shit. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. To the average person, I do portray myself as the horrible, heartless bastard that has been placed in their minds by my past actions. Well, what he did, I can see why that would, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> leave a stink in someone's mouth. Stink in their mouth? Mm-hmm. Their nose. Well, I guess it could be in their mouth. Matheny would. Are you questioning me? I just kind of threw it out there. Are we splitting hairs here? Are you going to fire me? No. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times, though, my life, through my life, I have found it a whole lot easier to live through other personalities that I have made up in my mind. You see, deep down inside of myself still lives that lonely little child that no one really ever cared about. Oh, I'm coming. So he made up a fantasy world of different personalities to hide behind whenever he felt threatened or insecure. I may be wrong, but I truly feel I may be right about what I think about you. Either you are the best bullshitter I have ever met, and I have met many of them, or you are a lot like me in many ways. Not a fucking chance. I believe you have a lonely little child inside of you. We may have a grown-up in two totally different worlds. You may have grown up with a lot of love around you from your family and friends, but deep inside you felt like something's missing and you could never really figure out what it was that was making you feel that way. Holy shit. This is getting really deep. Some deep shit, huh? Deep shit. Especially from a serial killer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, today you sure as hell know what that feeling is because you take pills for it, and it's called depression. It's a monster that will eat you from the inside out, should you let it. Thanks for understanding. Later, Joe... A.K.A. Tiny. What the fuck? Why, why do I have to read this part again? Because you, you do. Read it again. I should, shouldn't I? Yes. Yeah. Hold on. Take a drink, though. A parched. Drink a little. There you go. <sighs> Buy the mug, you guys. <laughs> It's great. It makes your coffee taste better. All right. Here we go. Either you are the best bullshitter I have ever met, and I have met many of them, or you are a lot like me in many ways. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. There is nothing even remotely close about me in this cannibal corpse fucking fat 
piece of garbage serial killer. Well said. The only thing that comes close is when... <laughs> the, only, the only thing that's similar between me and him is when I defecate into the toilet. <laughs> those pieces of shit floating around do resemble Joe. The only good thing about it, though, Dad, is I can flush them down the toilet. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Seriously. I can't believe that he said said that. So I guess I, I must be the best bullshitter, huh, in the world. You must be. Yeah. He's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I know he always wants to sound intelligent, right? And the world dealt him a bad hand, and he couldn't help what he became. He's full of shit. That's it. He's fucking full of shit. To feel depression, you have to be able to feel. And I could tell you that Joe Matheny had no feelings for anyone or anything except himself. Just like any other psychopath. The only reason he even talks about depression is because I suffered severe depression because of my TBI. And I talked freely about it and how bad it was. Just like I do now, to this day. I never hid it. I never hid it from anyone. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. I've been depression-free for so many months now. I really think it was a miracle. All my yeah, praying. It's been wonderful. Yes. It really has. But this guy. And I think, you know, we, what we covered last week will make all of you understand this a hell of a lot better. We were kind of blind back then. But even then, we didn't believe this bullshit. Right, Tom? Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. no way that this guy in the tears of a child went together. Mm. It just didn't. Didn't fit everything we knew about him. But the more we dug into him, the more we realized he's full of shit. And he's no different than any of the other psychopaths yeah. we've worked with. And what we talked about last week, the narcissism and how we pointed out how it always comes back to him. And mm. they're the, they are the only ones that feel sorry for themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't feel sorry for anyone else. They couldn't give two shits. Mm -mm. That's how they can do the unspeakable evil fucking acts that they perform. It's, it's mind-boggling. And we get a lot of people ask us, you know, how do these guys do those kind of things? You know, like the David Gores and the Ted Bundys, the mm. Arthur Shaw Crosses. And the, the great uh, art. And the great art. That's yeah. how he did it because he yeah. is the great. Robert Hansen, you know, to cover a few that we've already talked about. But how do they do them? Because they don't have any feelings. They have no empathy. They have no emotions. Only when it comes to them. Am I right? 
That'd be a terrible way to live. Yes, it would. Yeah. This letter that I'm going to read really does sum up the true Joe Matheny. Hold on really quick. This yeah. hat? This hat I'm wearing? Yeah. I like it. Do I look like a gangster? Do I look hard? Hey, you look kind of scary. You probably scared Joe Matheny, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny. He did a lot of good things, see? Nobody ever remembers those. <laughs> <laughs> he did them in his mind, ladies and gentlemen. That's why nobody remembers. But this letter is going to sum up the true Joe Matheny. It's short, but it's probably one of the creepiest letters Tony ever received. While I'm reading it, we will show the short letter on YouTube. That's why you guys ought to get on YouTube, man. You, I'm telling you, you're missing it. We'll post it on Buy Me a Coffee, but when I'm reading it, rather than looking at my stupid face, you're going to see the letter that he wrote. It's short, but it sums up Joe Matheny. Hey, Anthony. I got your Hi. letter. <laughs> I got your letter, and I am so glad to hear that you found Jesus in your life. Whatever it takes to make you feel happy and feel well. For I wish you nothing but the best. I can only hope that you don't end up giving all your attention to Jesus. And I hope you don't just forget about all of us sick, twisted motherfuckers from over here on the dark side. Anyway, that's all I have for this letter. I will try and do better next time depending on the subject. You take care out there. Say your prayers at nighttime, but always watch your back during the daytime. Jesus is dead, and Satan rules over all of us. <laughs> Signed, Joe Matheny, a.k.a. Tiny. He had a bloody fingerprint. He had a blood-stained upside-down cross drawn in his blood, and he's a disgusting, fat, fucking piece of shit that makes me sick to my stomach. This is the true Joe Matheny. And, and Tony, I don't think you're going to disagree with that, are you? And let him have it. I'll let him have it. Fuck him. You know what? Yeah, I Fuck know you're him. pissed. You know, his true colors... They came out. You know, I sent a letter talking about Jesus and how he is all forgiving to see what kind of reaction I would get. He writes all that fucking bullshit about the little boy in him, and I knew it was all crap. I just wanted to see how far he would try and take it. I guess we know the truth now. <laughs> like we didn't know right from the beginning. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know what, Joe Matheny, a.k.a. Tiny. Satan doesn't rule anything. Jesus does. And if you turn your back on Jesus here on earth... He will turn his back on you in front of his father in heaven. 
And if I was ever sure of one thing in my life, I'm sure your fat ass is fucking roasting in hell right now. How's the lake of fire, Joe? Eternity is a long time, buddy. Nice. Yeah. That was nice. I'm Fuck him. I'm just a lot of lot of memories of him. He aggravated yeah. me a lot. I know. You know, all of these people, they aggravate me a lot. I know. You know? Yeah. As, as How my. Because you, you're not a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. And, and once you get past the fake friendship. Oh, yeah. It, it just, there's nothing more you can share with them because they can't be your friend sincerely. All right, I'm done. I don't know about you. Let's, I think it's a good time. Let, let's fucking good call time. it a wrap. As always, take care, stay safe, and remember, always walk in the calm after the storm. This is Joey Siaglia, and thank you for listening to Murder Phone, hosted by my brother Tony Siaglia, the subject of the best-selling book, The Serial Killer Whisperer, and his co-host, who also happens to be our father, Al Siaglia. For more information on the show, please visit MurderPhone.com, where you can ask questions, link to our social media accounts, and much, much more. If you'd like to help support the Murder Phone podcast, please go to our Buy Me a Coffee page and sign up for a membership package. You can access all kinds of cool, exclusive content that only official murder phoniacs can get. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, and an iTunes review would be much appreciated. Well, leave one if you liked it, but if you didn't, fuck it. Murder Phone was written and produced by Tony Siaglia and Al Siaglia, and recorded at the Level 9 Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. A special thanks to our friend Justin Borrego for his editing magic. Join us next week for another exciting episode of Murder Phone. Yeah, before we go, I want to give a huge shout-out to all those living this life after brain injury our new normal as so many call it you are awesome keep going I know I will and to my listeners that know someone living with a brain injury or other mental health issues please be kind be patient and most of all understanding. Remember, they are doing the best they can.